We've been in this, uh, this series on mission, becoming the Christian the world needs. And, and really, uh, the, the reality is, is, as believers, we're called to be salt and light wherever we go. Uh, in other words, the, the short version of that is, and we're supposed to add value wherever we go. And so, uh, but so often in our world, we, we find that people, they do things in the name of Jesus that have nothing to do with the mission of Jesus. And so, man, culturally, uh, people uh, have, have sort of got a sour taste in their mouth when it comes to uh, believers. And uh, I shared the stat with you from the, the Barna Research Group last week, and, and they, they found that, that 46%, almost 50% of non-religious people would just rather not associate with Christians at all. Isn't that kind of crazy? Like the idea that uh, people who, who have no religious background would, uh, would rather just... Uh, not associate with Christians before even knowing anything about Jesus or ever meeting Jesus. Isn't that just like so sad? I, I don't know. I was thinking about it this week, but I'm just so grateful to know Jesus. Isn't Jesus so good? Like I, he's so good to us. And, uh, and just thinking about all the, the places in my life where, uh, where his forgiveness meant everything to me uh, or uh, his presence, uh, man, were, were, uh, it's like a an oasis and a desert of, of loneliness. I don't know if you've ever felt that. Or, I mean, just being, uh, I was just like reflecting on my life and all the places that, that Jesus has shown up to provide for me, to care for me, to encourage me, to help me when I was confused about the future. And uh, so it's just so good to know him. And it's so crazy to me that, that there are people, like, man, half of the people who have no religious background would just uh, not, would just rather not be bothered. And so last week we looked at this idea that, that uh, we're called, man, to share Jesus with people filled with the Spirit. And if we're not filled with the Spirit, then, then uh, uh, man, we, we can do all the right things outwardly and, and miss the point. And we can, we can do all the right things outwardly, but, uh, but miss the, the power that actually ha- has, that, that is required to transform a heart, uh, to, to tra- transform a heart of stone to a heart of, of flesh. And so we looked at that, that idea last week, and I'd like to look at the, uh, the same, uh, the, a different side of the same coin this week. Sound, sound good? And, and I, was, I was thinking about this idea that, uh, that a lot of the times we're, uh, uh, we, we find ourselves off mission, not because we don't believe that Jesus is good or worth sharing, uh, but, but rather because we're not sure we're the person to do it. Uh, I, I don't know if, if you've ever felt that way. I, I was thinking about it sort of in terms of being a weak link, right? And, and in our world, uh, if, if you're the weak link, you, you try and either uh, compensate for it or you try and hide it. Like so, for example, in Little League, you, how many of you played Little League baseball? How many of you were uh, the, the worst kid on your team? Couldn't hit, couldn't hit. Just leaned into pitches constantly, right? But, but what happens when you're the weak link on a baseball team is, is all the good kids play most of the innings, but you have to play at least two or something. So for two innings, uh, the, the weak link is in right field, uh, right, in, in the outfield, and you kind of hope that they don't get the ball hit to them too, too often. Uh, you guys with me? You can sort of you hide, you put the weak link in the corner. Uh, or maybe you've been in a, a school project, a group project. You ever been in a group project and there's somebody who's clearly a weak link? Like they do bad work, they're, they're lazy, you're not sure if they're going to follow through. And so you, you sort of give them the, uh, the least important section of the assignment. You're like, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of hide that person over here. It's always a guy, right? It's like, hide that guy over here. Sorry, fellas, it's true, right? Like, ladies, you are responsible. It's amazing. But uh, well, you sort of, you, you hide the weak link. And, and here's what I, what I, I was, I was and reflecting on my life and, and kind of thinking about who we are as Christians. Uh, generally, we don't think that Jesus is the problem, but we think that when uh, the ministry we're doing or the conversations we're having with people, when they don't seem to be making an impact, we wonder if we're the problem, if we're the weak link. And, and, and we can find ourselves discouraged and, and uh, reluctant uh, to speak up about Jesus to, to our 
friends and our family members, our coworkers, uh, the people that we do life with. Uh, we, we, it's easy to think that we're the weak link, uh, or, I mean, at, 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 uh, at best, right, that we just don't know what the, the problem is, right? And so if you don't know what the problem is, you, 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 you kind of wait till you figure out why it's not working. Are you with me? And, and it's so easy for us to, to feel this, and we, we begin to think, uh, man, maybe I just... I'm just too bad, uh, I'm just a bad Christian. I set a bad example. People don't, aren't buying what I'm selling because I'm bad at like uh, saying no to sin and yes to love, right? Or uh, maybe I'm just not a happy enough person, right? Like people only want to listen to people who look happy on the outside. I feel happy inside, but I'm just, I got like the resting face, right? And, and, or um, I, uh, I don't know enough. I might say the wrong thing. I'm not as loving as that person. I'm certainly not as loving as Jesus. Or maybe, maybe you've, you've had this experience where, uh, man, my, my prayer wasn't effective because I'm too sinful, right? I just, it didn't work because I asked the wrong way. Or, and we find ourselves thinking, well, uh, it may be I'm not the person for the job. And, and this is like an easy, easy place uh, to find ourselves, but there's this moment in the Gospel of Matthew, and we're going to spend all our time looking at this section of Scripture, but there's this moment in the Gospel of Matthew where Jesus takes these 12 disciples, fishermen, tax collectors, uh, not super educated guys, and he's like, all right, I'm going to send you out with, with uh, my authority uh, to cast out evil spirits and demons. Uh, I've never seen an evil spirit or a demon, but that seems pretty impressive, right? And to heal all kinds of diseases. So he's like, you're going to have the, the ability, the power, the authority to, to heal people who are really sick and, and to cast out evil wherever you find it, right? So he gives them authority. And then he says, and, and your, your, me- your, your message, your mission is this. Just tell all the people, tell everyone you meet, the kingdom of God has come near. Like that's their job. Tell people the kingdom of God has come near. And uh, think about it, right? In Judea and Galilee, the kingdom of God had literally come near because Jesus is, is God in human flesh. Like he's actually there among them, right? And so they're like, hey, just, just tell them the kingdom of God has come near because I'm here, right? You guys with me? So that's the message he gives them. And, and, and he, I think he anticipated that they would, they would feel what we often feel like, but if you don't go, like, how can we know this is going to work? Like, you're better at this than we are. Like, let, can't we just leave this to you, Jesus? And so he, he, he gives them some, uh, some reminders. He, he describes what this process is going to look like so that they know what to expect uh, when they go out on mission and, and share this message. Are you with me? All right, and that's where we find ourselves in the passage. Let me read it, and then we'll pray, and then, uh, and then uh, we'll, we'll explain it. Because this is maybe one of the more challenging sets of teachings from Jesus. But check it out. He says this. Uh, Matthew 10, verse 30 to 32, he says, Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Do not suppose that I've come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I've come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, a man's enemies will be the members of his own household. And then he says this, he says, anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. And let me pray, and then we'll dive in. Father, God, thanks for these people. Um, thanks for your word to us. God, I pray that, uh, man, where we feel like maybe we're the weak link, 
uh, where we're not good enough or where we've been discouraged uh, by, um, by setbacks or um, conflict uh, or friends lost. God, that you would speak to our hearts and, and encourage us. Uh, God, that you would inspire us to, to live on mission uh, because what people really do need is, is you, uh, a relationship with you. And so, uh, God, I pray that, uh, that you would uh, ease our fears, give us assurance of, of salvation, and give us hope uh, for the future. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, so, like I said, 12 disciples in Christ's authority with his message, the kingdom is among you. Now, as I was reading that, how many of you just, like, test poll, flash poll, right? Uh, how many of you uh, heard something in that passage that, that unsettled you? Right? It's, it's an unsettling passage. If not, that's okay too. But, but man, it's an unsettling passage. It's, it seems so, so challenging. But he sends these disciples out. He's like, as you go on mission, I want you to pay attention to these things. And, and, and Jesus, he, he says these things because when you're on mission, uh, the enemy will attack the vision that God has given you for your life. Man, the enemy will attack what, he, attack what he's asked you to do. And, and, and here's, here's uh, why he starts it. He, he starts out by saying, um, if anyone acknowledges me, I will acknowledge them before my Father in heaven, which is an interesting statement. And it brings us to the first point, the first thing that you need to know if you're going to be on, on mission. And, and it's this, we gain access through acknowledgement. We gain access through acknowledgement. This is basically shorthand of what Jesus says here in verse 32. He says, whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven and then he says this, but, but whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Now, this sounds like a threat, right? Like, if you, if it, it's sort of the parental threat. If you don't take out the trash, you're grounded this weekend, right? Or maybe the, room, the roommate threat. If you drink my, my orange juice, I'm going to tell your, your girlfriend that, that you don't like her cooking, right? Like, it, it's, it's, it seems like if you do this, then I'm going to do that, right? It seems like God is, is sort of uh, laying down the law, right? This is how we read this uh, oftentimes. Uh, but it's really not a threat. It's a description of people who are on mission. It's a description of what a Christian is meant to look like. Uh, P, you, could say, you could think of it this way. People who are near Christ acknowledge Christ. Now, think about it this way. Uh, if, um, think about if I never acknowledged my wife, right? Like we're at home and I never said hello, never talked to her about my day, I'm just on my phone, like doing work, uh, playing with our kids, right? But, but just never, never talked to her, never looked at her, never gave her a head nod, like just, it would get weird, would it not? Now, I'll take it a step further, right? Uh, imagine that, that I never acknowledged her in public. So we go to a restaurant and the host is like, uh, table for two? And I'm like, no, one please, right? Like, can you, can you imagine like how weird that, they'd be like, I guess they're not together. Like, uh, they look like they were together. They walked in together, but table for one, here we go. Like, and and here's, here's the deal. It's like, oftentimes that's what we do with Jesus is we, 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 uh, uh, we, say, we, we say in our hearts, he's my Lord and Savior, and yet uh, we don't acknowledge him really in, in many of the moments uh, of our day. And, and the whole point of, of being married is, is being together, right? It's the two uh, became one and the, the two became one. They were put together, right? Like that's how Jesus, we talked about this a few weeks ago. And, and it's the whole point is being together. And so, I mean, if I'm not acknowledging my wife, then I'm missing the point. And so it is with God is, this is the whole point of Jesus coming is so that we could be with God, right? He says the mission that, that you have, the message that I want you to give is the kingdom of God has come near 
Why does God come near? It's because he wants to know you. He wants to be with you. He wants to lead you. He wants to save you. He wants to be your Lord and Savior. And you can't be with God without acknowledging Jesus. And here's why. Do you know that the only reason we can have a relationship with God is because of what Jesus came and did? Without, without acknowledging what Jesus has done in our life, we have no access to the Father. Do you get what I'm, I'm saying? I mean, think about it, right? We enter into, into God's presence through Jesus, right? We, we enter into forgiveness through Jesus, right? We, we enter into a conversation with God, with God that's called prayer with and through Jesus, right? You guys, are you guys tracking with me? We, we enter into God's love through Jesus. We enter into God's family, his blessing, his provision through Jesus. And, and we find that oftentimes we, we know this, but we, we neglect to acknowledge that Jesus is with us, that Jesus is uh, our access point to our heavenly father who provides for us. And, and so often, Man, you find that, that Christians try and do all of the Christian things with, without ever acknowledging Jesus. Like, uh, man, yeah, I'm serving in this place and that place. I'm, I'm trying to be kind to my coworkers and, and my friends. Uh, and you're like, well, how's that working for you? I'm, just, I'm really tired. I don't have enough time, right? I'm, I'm worn out. You guys, you guys know the feeling, right? I've been there. I'm sure you've been there. And, and here's, here's the reason for it. It's because, man, you don't have access to the power of God without acknowledging Jesus. And, and here's, here's, the, here's really the point, is if you want to know where the weak link is, it's wherever Jesus isn't acknowledged. There's really only one link in the chain when it comes to being on the mission of the kingdom, and it, it is Jesus. It's acknowledging him, Jesus. Pretty simple, right? <laughs> Church answer. But, but it's, it's a description of faith in Christ. And this is why uh, you, maybe you've heard uh, pastors say before that, that faith is, is personal, but it's not private. Uh, you can think of it this way. You can be shy, but you can't be silent. You can be a quiet person, uh, but your faith can't live in a closet because, man, we gain access through acknowledgement. And, and, and here's the, the other side of the coin, right, is you also give access to your heavenly father through acknowledgement. That the only way that people come to know him is, is by, by us opening our mouths, by us speaking the name Jesus, acknowledging what he's done for us on the cross, acknowledging how he's provided for us in the low moments, acknowledging his presence when we're, we've been lonely and without hope. It, it's, it's acknowledgement. Are, are you, you with me? And, and here's the deal. This, this doesn't mean that if you don't share Jesus with, with everyone, you're not saved. Right? He says, uh, um, if, you, if anyone acknowledges me before others, not if anyone acknowledges me before everyone. You guys with me? And so you're like, oh man, like they, I, I, I didn't acknowledge Jesus in my philosophy class. Or like I didn't acknowledge Jesus when that person was like, hey, where were you on Sunday, right? Like it, it, it's, it's not like that Jesus is saying like, hey, you have to be perfect at acknowledging me. But he says, listen, if you want access to me, it starts with acknowledging me. Now also there is a difference between acknowledging uh, um, or not speaking about Jesus and disowning him. Uh, you think about um, the example in the Bible uh, of the prodigal son. He, he essentially disinherits his father. Uh, he, he takes all of his inheritance and he says, uh, I'm done with you, you're dead to me, I'm gonna go live my life, right? And so he, he takes the, the money and ignores the relationship. And, and here's, here's what Jesus says when he says, if you disown me, 
uh, then I disown you before my father. He says, listen, uh, if, you, if you take the money and run, you can, you can go. I, I won't force you to stay. But, but here's what happens, right? Uh, you lose access. Man, you lose the power. You lose the fuel. You lose the fire, right? You, you, you can't share what you don't have. And what does the prodigal son do? He squanders the wealth and he realizes that his life would be better in relationship with the father who loves him. And, and here's the cool thing, right? Acknowledgement or disowning uh, is that the son is a son even when he runs, right? But here's, here's what I, I'd like you to understand. It is Jesus is telling these 12 guys, he says, hey, this is gonna be kind of difficult. Some people aren't gonna like this message. Uh, and I want you to know that, uh, that that's okay. Because, man, the, the only thing that you need, you don't need to have all the answers. Uh, you don't need to be perfect. You don't need to be sinless. You, you, don't, uh, you, you don't need to, uh, to be uh, good looking or charismatic. All you need to do is just acknowledge what I've done in your life. Acknowledge that I sent you. Acknowledge that, that I'm with you. Are, are you with me? Right, like this is, this is what he says, hey, don't worry about it, it's okay. Because when people reject you, when you find your ministry not working and people are like, yeah, I'm not buying what you're selling, I'm not interested in, in the message of Jesus, it, 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 it's, it's so cool, right? Because even when people reject you, when you acknowledge Jesus, it starts a conversation between Jesus and your heavenly father. And like, they're like, hey, did you see what he did? That was baller, right? He's part of the family. This is awesome. Like, he, he, he told people about Jesus. Like, he told people about me. He, that's, that's the only way that they, they can become a part of my family. Are you with me? And that's so encouraging, right? Because even when it seems like it's not working uh, in, in the people that we're trying to love and serve and share the gospel with, uh, we still find, man, that God is pleased with us, which is so important to know. Uh, because the reality is, is any time that you acknowledge Jesus, this happens. Because acknowledging Jesus brings division or devotion. Those, those are the two responses that you'll find happening. When, when you're living on mission, you're saying, man, uh, God has come uh, near to us through the person of Jesus, which is the message that we've been given, right? That God has come near to us through the person of Jesus. Uh, whenever you speak the name of Jesus, man, it always brings either uh, or, oh, tell me more, right? Like, it's, I call it the, uh, the lean in and the lean out. And uh, you see it uh, pretty much any time you bring up Jesus with people who don't know him. Uh, some people, they lean in, and other people, they lean out. They give you one of these, right? You guys ever get one of those? Yeah, it's, it's unpleasant, right? But, but I remember I was uh, at Fresno State with my friend Josh, and, uh, and we were uh, asking people questions about Jesus. We weren't even telling them about Jesus. We were just asking them what they thought about Jesus. And so we, we'd, we'd walk up to people we didn't know and we'd say, hey, we're just trying to um, uh, hear about what people think about Jesus. Do you have a few minutes to answer like four questions? And, and some people, they lean in and be like, yeah, like I'd love to talk about that, right? And other people, they're like, nah, it's cool, it's cool, man. Like and they start walking away, right? You guys with me? Because when you, when, you, when you speak the name of Jesus, it either divides people, it separates people, or, or it causes people uh, to lean in. And, and, and this is super, super normal. Uh, but every once in a while you have this experience, right, where you get both. 
And I remember uh, we walked up to a couple. You guys, the couple's on the benches by the roses because that's a good place to have a couple conversation, is it not? You Fresno State students, right? It's a good place. Uh, Fellas, if you need a good couple conversation spot, roses, benches, good place to be. Uh, And anyway, so we we interrupt this couple conversation. Hey, uh, Josh is like, hey, uh, can we talk to you about Jesus? We just have a few questions. We want to know what you think. And and it's so funny. Like they rehearsed it with the same level of of, uh, of passion, right? Uh, She goes, yeah, let's do it. And he's like, no, thanks. No, no, right? Like, it, it, was, it was so funny to watch. Like, I can't, there's not two of me, so I couldn't act it out well. But she's like, no, thanks, right? And the same moment, yeah, uh, yeah, let's do it. Oh, I just spit everywhere. So she was that excited. But uh, anyway, and it was so, so strange to watch because we started asking her the questions. And, and he, the entire time, is, is looking at the roses like, right? Like, and you, you literally could see the division, like you could literally see how, how different these people were. And, and Jesus, he, 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 he calls the shot. He says, this is how it works. He, he says, do not suppose that I've come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a what? But a sword. For I've come to turn, and this is so interesting. He says, a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. This one's weird to me because uh, a lot of times daughter-in-laws aren't actually that close with their mother-in-laws in our day. But in their day, men, th- those were close relationships. He says, uh, a man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Now, and this is sort of a head-scratcher to me, right? Because he, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He's, he's full of compassion. He's, he's the healer, right? Like it's, it's hard to imagine Jesus uh, bringing a sword, right? Like how does the healer uh, bring a sword, right? Like how, how does that work? And yet he says, I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. And he, he, he calls it, he's like Babe Ruth calling a home run shot. Uh, people, people are gonna lose the most meaningful relationships they have over me. That's what he says. They're going to lose the most meaningful relationships they have over me. You think, I mean, he's basically saying, man, a fam, uh, a blood, or blood is thicker than water, uh, but blood isn't thicker than the gospel. That's essentially what he says, which is such a hard thing uh, to swallow. But, but, but think about it. I mean, uh, it, it, you see it all the time, right? You can be talking to someone about the forgiveness that we find in Jesus, and, and it it makes them so angry. Man, or, or you can talk about uh, the, uh, the, the love of God that we, we find in Jesus. And people are like, I don't, I don't need to hear this, right? And, and it, it, can, it can sort of poison a relationship that you have with a friend or a family member. I don't know if you've had that experience, but it's hard to stomach you can talk about how God's made you into a new person. You're not even like, you're not even telling them what to do. You're just like, man, it's so good to know Jesus. Like he's done this in my life. And they're like, yeah, you're kind of weird. Like maybe, maybe we should be like Facebook friends, right? Like, uh, and, and it's so, it's so crazy. Like you're talking about God's blessing and people are like, ah, you're the worst. You ever had that experience? I mean, some of us haven't had that experience because we're afraid of having that experience, Right? And Jesus says, it's pretty much a guarantee. Like, this is the message that I, that, that, this is what the message that I bring does. Some will find it offensive no matter what. And, and in a minute, I, I want to explain to you why there are such different responses to Jesus. But, but before I do, I'd just like to say this. If you're worried about speaking about Jesus to the people in your life because they'll reject you, or mock you, 
or dismiss you. I, I would just say that's normal. Uh, it, we, we don't want to be at odds with the people who are closest to us, uh, but, but it's also to be expected. You may not be, want to uh, stir the pot in, in your family relationships or in your friendships, um, but, but you can be sure of this. If you're on mission, it's going to happen. It, it creates tension. Uh, and, and being rejected for the sake of Christ, it's, it's, it's as normal as a believer acknowledging that Jesus is important to them. It's normal. This is how, how we live. This is what we experience. It's, it's a promise. It's something that Jesus describes will happen. And, uh, and man, it's a great, it's a great uh, encouragement to know that, man, when I speak about Jesus, some people welcome it with open arms. They're so inspired by the love of God that it changes them. And it's the coolest thing to watch. In, in fact, uh, my, my dude, Brian, he's finished up a homework assignment over here, but he, uh, he, he, was, uh, he took two hours to share the gospel with a friend. And uh, he, he, uh, he uh, right after he FaceTimed me, and it was so, it was so funny. You can ask him about it later. He's, he's hardworking. But, uh, but he, he, uh, he was so full of joy and life. He's like, man, I got to pray with him. It was, it was amazing. It was so good, right? And, and we, so often we think about the worst thing that could happen. We forget that the best thing that can happen and the joy that, that, that comes with being on mission. And, and, and here's the deal. Uh, there, there are some of you who have uh, let the fear of, of you being the reason that someone rejects Christ. Like, you, you don't want to be the reason. You're so afraid that, that someone is going to reject Christ because you, you explain it wrong or you don't say it in a loving way or, uh, or they're not ready to hear it, that, uh, that, that you, never, you never have an opportunity to experience that joy and that life and, and the filling of the Spirit that comes when you say the name of Jesus, when you acknowledge the, the name of Jesus in conversations. And, and, and it's, man, it's through acknowledging Jesus that we gain access to more of the spirit uh, of life. It's incredible, but it's difficult. And it's to be expected that, that man, when you do it, some people are, are gonna push you away. Man, but other people uh, are, are gonna be uh, bound to you forever as the person who, who introduced them to, to their Lord and Savior, uh, the one who changed their life. And that's what being on mission is all about. And, and if you go out on mission and you don't understand this, right, that, that being on mission is really just about acknowledging Jesus because that's the, the way that we, we know God and we walk with him and we, we learn from him and we experience his provision, uh, you'll miss out in your life. Uh, and, and, and if you don't understand that acknowledging Jesus will, will also uh, cause conflict, uh, then then you'll be prone to blame yourself and, and you'll be prone to hesitate because you don't want to be the weak link, right? You don't want to be the reason uh, that someone walks away. And, and Jesus wants you to know that it's not on you if you're acknowledging him. Because, man, this is the message of the gospel that, that God has drawn near to us in the person of Jesus at the cross. This is, this is what it means to be a Christian, that Jesus is near God with us. It's amazing. Now, uh, I'll, I'll do this quickly, but in the remaining time, I'd like to just uh, answer this question, 
why are there such different responses? Like, why are some people offended where other people are inspired, right? Like, why, why is it that some people lean in and, and others lean out? Like, well, why is it that, that a, a message of peace and hope and life would, would ruffle so many feathers? And, and certainly it does. I know you've experienced it. Like, why is that? And, and uh, really at the, the core is, is this, this reason. And it's not a fill-in. But, uh, but just, just uh, follow with me. Uh, when Jesus shows up, or when you acknowledge Jesus, uh, it, he, he challenges uh, who we are and how we think about ourselves. And here's, here's the deal. Uh, it, it, there is nothing more offensive, especially in the first world, than being told you're wrong, Right? Like, it's, it's very difficult to, to humble yourself and, and hear from someone else, you are wrong. Even if it's, man, great news. Uh, and, and this is often what, ha- this, is, and this is why when Jesus shows up in people's life or you, you share the gospel with people, uh, they, they, they ruffle their feathers. Because there are, there are three beliefs that are, that are sort of core to us as, as people that Jesus confronts and challenges and asks us to lay down. And if you're a believer, you've, you've laid uh, these beliefs down at least to some degree. Uh, but, but people who don't know Jesus, they, they, haven't, uh, they haven't yet been, been challenged to confront these three beliefs. And so uh, I'd like to share those with you uh, and sort of explain why uh, some people, man, they respond to this challenge, man, with man, it, it, being inspired and, and having their affection stirred for the Lord and why, why others are like, I, I don't want anything to do with that. I can't believe you said that to me. You guys... You know that the responses, how different the responses are. Uh, all right. So here's the first one. This is the core belief that, that people carry with them that Jesus challenges when uh, he shows up. And it's the belief that I am basically a good person. I am basically a good person. And maybe you've heard that before. Yeah, I'm, I'm a pretty good, I'm a cr- pretty good guy. Right? I'm a pretty good person. I didn't kill anybody. Right? That's what people always, that's how they qualify being a good person, right? Like that's, which is weird because it's like really, really bad. Like there's lots of things in between that spectrum of like not murdering people and being like a perfect person. But they say, I'm basically a good person. And, and at the, the heart of I'm basically a good person is uh, I don't deserve to be judged. Uh, I, I, I should, I mean, I should deserve some, some blessing, some help. God should love me. I deserve it, right? I'm basically a good person. It's like, uh, it's like the, the employee who says, man, I'm a pretty good employee, but they show up 30 minutes late to every shift and like they don't pull their weight. They, they let everybody else do the, the work. You guys, it's like, no, like you, you, you're not a good employee, right? Like this is, this is what Jesus confronts us with. It, it, it's, he, he exposes the fact that, man, there are, there are attitudes in our hearts or, or actions that we've taken that are, that are not characteristic of good people. And, and here's the deal. I know that, that even me saying this, uh, that we're, we're bad people, makes some of you, like, get uncomfortable, right? It's, it's a, a challenging idea. But, but Jesus, from uh, the beginning of his time on earth till the end, challenges the, the notion, the belief that, that I'm basically good. I'm not as bad as that guy. And here's how. I mean, check it out. Like from birth to death, he dismantles this belief because uh, Jesus comes, right, uh, born as a little baby, and the angels, they say, glad t- tidings of great joy, a Savior is, in other words, uh, y- y- you can't save yourself, so a Savior is born, right? Like, if you need a Savior, then you probably need 
some help. And then he says to the religious people, right, I'm going to tear down your temple, and in three days I'm going to build a better one. In other words, your temple's not good enough. Your religious practices, not good enough. Without me, church is not good enough, right? You guys get what he's saying? He's like, no, no, no. Like, your religion isn't good enough without me, right? Not, not good enough. And then he says, uh, he challenges um, the, the religious people. He says that it's not the healthy that need a, a, a doctor, but the sick. In other words, there's people who are sick in their spirits, not just in their bodies. Or here's another one. Uh, uh, this is a, a challenging idea. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In other words, uh, you can't be good enough to be in God's presence without the Savior, the person of Jesus. Here's the last one, right? On the cross, the last thing he says, uh, well, one of the last things he says, he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing, right? In other words, he's like, hey, men, they, they need to be forgiven for even the things that they don't know are terrible in them, right? There's people shouting, crucify him, crucify him, and spitting at him, mocking him. They don't even recognize it's wrong. And, and so often, right, we as, as, as a culture and as individuals, we think, ah, I'm basically good. I'm not that bad. But, but when Jesus shows up and he says, I've come to save you from your sins, uh, he, you either have to, have to acknowledge, yeah, Jesus is right and I was wrong, uh, or you have to run, run, run from him. Man, that's why, man, that's why acknowledging Jesus brings division or devotion is because basically we, we don't want to face up to the fact that, that we are uh, wicked at a heart level, that we're sinful at the, at the very best in our attitudes and, and at our very worst as humans in our actions towards others. That we, man, we struggle to love, but, but we, we, we uh, have no trouble being self-interested, right? And, and the, the gospel says, man, I came to save you from sin, from wickedness, from the brokenness that you carry in you. Do you see how that would be challenging? Man, it, when you acknowledge Jesus, you acknowledge a savior that, that uh, you need saving. You can't do this on your own. And, and that brings us to the second belief that Jesus challenges. It's, it's this idea that I can earn what God has given. That I can earn what God has given. And, and there are uh, times in our life, I'll, I'll try and explain this uh, quickly, but there are times in our life where we, we want more from life. Uh, maybe we feel lonely. Uh, maybe we feel dissatisfied. Uh, maybe we feel like we should be better people. Uh, like, right, I know I'm not a good person, but I think I could be a good person, right? And, and we think that, uh, that we, can, we can earn or make up for our deficiencies, and we do this in a lot of ways, right? We do this by trying to uh, uh, achieve great things, right? You, you, you can uh, achieve things uh, by religious rituals, right? Uh, to, to wash the outside of the cup. Right? We talked about that last week. You, you, you pray more. You, you read the Bible more. You, you serve people, right? And, and, we, try and we try and earn uh, uh, the approval of the people around us by being, so, so that they, they look at us and say, yeah, they do all the right things. They must be good, Right? Or, uh, or maybe we're, uh, we don't feel worthy and so we try and make up for our, our feelings of insecurity and unworthiness uh, through our academic performance, our, our job performance. We, we try and be the best at everything we, we, we can do. Or, uh, or maybe it's relational capital, right? We, we think, man, I, I feel lonely, but I, but I bet you if I work hard enough, if I'm funny enough, if I'm pretty enough, uh, then, then, then I'll be happy, right? 
Yes, yes, with me. And 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 there's this this belief that that we can make up for what we lack. And, and this is true, uh, man, of, of people who are wealthy uh, and, and high achievers and people who are destitute and poor. I, I was in uh, San Francisco with a, a missions trip in college, and, uh, and I remember we had a loaf of bread. We had just read a, a, a passage that talked about how Jesus calls us to feed those who are hungry. And I'm like, all right, I got a loaf of bread. Like, see what happens, right? And we're walking across the street, and this, uh, this homeless dude, he was like, uh, uh, scraggly, uh, long hair, uh, and uh, he had like a cotton sweatshirt, but it looked sort of like tree bark. It was just like crusty, and uh, and he's walking across the street. And I'm like, eh, that guy looks hungry, right? I'm like, hey, you want some bread? And he he's like, do you want some bread? Like, what are you talking about? I don't need your bread. Like, I don't need a ha- I don't need a handout, right? I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, and then I started to get angry. I'm like, yes, you do. Like, are you kidding me? Like, you clearly are hungry, right? But, but here's, here's at the core of us, it's like, no, 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 if I can just get the next fix, I'll be all right, right? And if I can, if I can just uh, make amends with, with that, that uh, relationship, then I'll be all right. If I, can, if I can just get the promotion, then I'll be all right. And we, we, we try and earn for ourselves the satisfaction that only God can give. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. I, I came to give you life and life to the fullest, that's what Jesus, and when you acknowledge Jesus that, that he's given you more than any of your striving ever could, people are like, you're like, man, I want that. Or you're crazy, man. You're just lazy. You're, you're just not as smart as me. I'll figure it out, right? It, it either divides or inspires devotion. Here's the last thing, and this is the most challenging one. Uh, man, G- Jesus challenges the belief that my life is my own that my life is my own. And I, I ignored this part of the passage that we read earlier because it's uh, so spicy. It's, it's so hard to stomach, uh, even as a believer. Uh, but Jesus, he says, he says this, anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Does that not unsettle you? He says, anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And then he says this, whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy, worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it. In other words, if you, if you hold on to your life, if you say, my, my life is my own, you will lose your life. You cannot sustain your life. Man, you might be able to sustain it for another 60 years, 70 if you're really healthy, nothing goes wrong. But man, you cannot sustain your life and all its relationships, and only God can. And he says this, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. And Jesus at the cross, he demonstrates, man, how we enter the kingdom. It's by laying down our life. And, and here's the cool thing about God is he goes first. Now, um, a lot of the times we think being on mission is really about reordering our priorities, right? We think, well, if I pray more, then I'll be good. Uh, if, if, uh, if I just make more time to, to, to be at church and serve, then I'll be good. But that's not actually the solution, uh, the solution is, is not reordering your priorities. It's reordering your affections. It, it's, it's allowing God to change what you love most. And here's how you know what you love most. It's the thing that you would give anything up for. And, and, and here's the cool thing about Jesus, right? It is he, he shows us very clearly what he loves most at the cross. It, it's challenging. It's like, this is, what, this is how I want you to love me. I want you to, to lay down your life so that you could know me and follow me and walk with me. And, and, and the reality is, is there are people who will never 
lay down their life. They, they will never give up that relationship. They will never give up that dream. They will never give up that habit. They will, they will never give up their desire to be in control. They, they just won't do it. And it's, it's because they, they haven't fallen in love with the God who loves them. They haven't seen what it looks like to be transformed by the person of Jesus. They, they, they don't understand that, that God has given them everything, even their life. It doesn't belong to them, that they have no claim over it. Like you, you, you think that it's your own, but man, God, God knew you before you were even in your mother's womb, right? He knit you together. Your life is not your own. And you can see, man, how the, the, the message of Jesus would bring the vision or devotion because, man, we love to be in control, do we not? And we love it. We love it. But, but here's, here's the thing that, man, you, you begin to understand when you walk with Jesus is, man, he is better. He is worth more. He is so good. His love is more satisfying. His, uh, his uh, leading us is better for us than when we, uh, when we hold on to uh, our decisions, when we live according to our will instead of his. And he demonstrates, man, how powerful a thing it is to lay down your life for the sake of others. Now, uh, before we sing, I'd just like to say to you this. Uh, is, is there a place, even, man, even for the, the believers in the room, is there a place in your life where, where acknowledging Jesus, man, uh, it causes you to run from him? And is there a place where, man, you're hanging on to the idea that you're a good person or that you can earn what God has given or, or that, that you uh, have the right to tell God what you will do and what you won't do? Uh, because, man, as long as we live that way, our affections for him cannot grow. They cannot grow. And, and with men, without uh, the affections for him, we'll never acknowledge him, we'll never live on mission, and people will, will never be given access through our words uh, to, to our heavenly father, who's good to us, who provides for us, who cares for you and for me. And, and, and I just, I wonder, right, what would it look like if, if we were a people filled with the spirit, consistently acknowledging Jesus before others, Unafraid of, man, uh, of whether or not they, they open the door, they go through the door that we've opened for them. Like, uh, do you think, man, we'd experience more of those moments of, of FaceTime joy? I, I'm certain we would. And I think that you would enjoy being a Christian a lot more uh, than maybe you do right now. Could it, could it be, right, that being on mission is the thing that is the most satisfying? Uh, now, uh, man, I'd love to pray for us, and then we'll call it, uh, a message. Sound good? All right. Father God, I just want to pray for, uh, for those uh, who don't know you, who haven't surrendered their lives to you, uh, who, uh, man, who've maybe been running from you. Uh, God, that right now, uh, you would uh, uh, stir in their hearts to, to give their lives to you. And if you're a person in, in the room tonight who's just really never surrendered to Jesus, who's never bought it, uh, but you want to acknowledge Jesus with your life, you can just pray in your heart uh, after me. Uh, Father, I know I'm sinful. God, thank you for forgiving me in the person of Jesus at the cross. Uh, I, I desire to follow you. Uh, I, I, I want to live my life uh, according to your purposes. I uh, thank you for saving me and, and, uh, in Jesus' name. And, and for those tonight uh, who, man, have, uh, have been uh, hesitant to acknowledge uh, the person of Jesus before others, I, I pray that you would give them great courage, great hope, uh, great 
great joy, God, that it would just spill out of them as they receive from you, as, as they acknowledge all that you've done for them. Man, thank you for loving us. Thank you for caring for us. Thank you for leading us. God, we're so grateful to know you. We pray this in Jesus' name.